Hello, my friends. This is Jonathan Barbie with JB Motivating from the 5280. This podcast focuses on positive motivation and self-improvement each week. Today is Tuesday, February 14th, 2023. Happy Valentine's Day. And I do apologize. I'm not wearing red as much as it is one of my favorite colors. Green is kind of my next favorite. So with that, um, it is what it is. Um, I am coming to you from my home in beautiful Denver, Colorado, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Today's special guest is my dear friend, Alexa Stratton. I want to tell you a little bit about Alexis before we get started. So Alexis is a freelance writer and editor in Richmond, Virginia. With almost 15 years of experience as a professional writer, Alexis's current work includes grant writing for LGBTQ nonprofits in the South, writing podcast, podcast scripts, I can't say podcast and I have one, hey, um, and stories for Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, shout out to that podcast, awesome, and copy editing for multiple clients. They have an MFA in creative writing from the University of South Carolina in Columbia, South Carolina. Their creative writing has appeared in numerous literary magazines. And in 2022, their fiction chapbook, Anywhere Else But Here, was published by Fjord's Review. Before transitioning to writing full-time, Alexis educated individuals and organizations in South Carolina about domestic and sexual prevention LGBTQ rights in serving marginalized populations. And I do apologize if you heard that. I don't know if you did, but my Alexa is going off, which is really funny. Um, yay. Um, technologies, aren't they fun? Um, so, Alexis, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. It feels like forever since I've seen you. It has been a long time. It's been... Uh- more than a year now, a year and a half, I think. I know. Yay. No. Yay. Um, but <laughs> yay, that we're, yay that we're here now. Yay and, that we're here now. Amen. And, you know, friends, I do apologize. I'm getting over having a wonderful random viral infection, and I've had a wonderful cough. So I kind of have a voice, and I kind of don't. But, you know, that is what it is. You just go with it. And so... Alexis and I first met um, at First Baptist Church of Denver, and for you those who listened last month, where my guest was um, our, the senior minister, Reverend Dr. Brian Henderson, or as Alexis and I like to call him, just Brian. Um, so it's kind of funny that we, you know, we met at First Baptist, we got um, initially met singing in the choir, and um, then got to jump into... Um, the faith formation Bible study to, at the church and before and during the pandemic. Yay. Um, not so much a fun time during the pandemic, but it was a fun, unique way to do, a, um, to do, you know, a, you know, Bible study fight for faith formation because it was virtual. So it was kind of a different way to do it. Um, you know, we had a great time. I mean, I loved singing in church. Um, it was fun. But I would say the probably the fellowship, the fun, 
and definitely the food that we had during <laughs> faith formation was pretty awesome. Hey, guys, we even had food on, you know, days when we weren't even meeting, you know, when we were meeting virtually. So it was pretty fun. Um, which I thought was really cool. It's like, I actually now participate in something at work that's a monthly, like, um, they call it a brown bag lunch and you eat lunch while you're watching the meeting. It's kind of a cool thing. So, um, it's kind of funny cause it's not really at the time I eat lunch, but that's okay. So I have to say, um, between your clearly very amazing, talented singing voice to your inspiring sermons that we had, um, that I got to listen to, or you leading or co-leading, you know, faith formation. I just was very impressed, you know, with everything that, how you presented yourself. And I think one of the things which is, um, kind of unique to me and something I'd never really experienced before was coming across someone who, um, identified themselves as trans, especially, you know, a non-binary trans person. I'd never, I'm not saying there weren't any, and I know there are in Kansas City, but I think because I was probably in a more sports hanging out group, because I did a lot of running, and then I had been around rugby p players. Um, I'm not saying you don't, probably now more than back then. Um, it just wasn't something I was used to. And, you know, I hadn't really experienced. And I think one of the, probably one of the coolest things I experienced during the time um, with you in faith formation was actually when you and Finn did the week of, you know, teaching us, you know, the correct terminology, you know, about trans. Like, and it just, it was so interesting to me. And it was just like, how naive and lack of information that I had that I didn't even know. And, you know, I'm a gay male living out here, and I, did, I didn't even know that. I'm a part of the LGBTQ community. And I was like, oh, wow, so much I have no clue on. <laughs> um, but what I think that inspires me the most is you live your life as you. And I think that's really cool. And I think one of the things that with that, that actually inspired me even more so with my brand new job that I started at the end of October because – this is a company that number one is very pro employee, which I've never worked for ever. And, um, this, I know this happened during the pandemic before I was there, but they were really big about starting affinity networks and getting people affiliated with the people that you can associate with, but also showing people that we should be supporting everyone, no matter what, you know, however they, you know, represent themselves. And I thought it was really cool that. Oh my gosh, I think within days after start, you know, joining the company, I joined our LGBTQ plus affinity network. And even you should be impressed by this, being the writer that you are, I actually helped um, participate in this um, quarterly newsletter for the company. And I'm like, I was like, great, grab the new guy that's only been here like two months. Sure, no problem. Um, but it was so much fun because it actually gave me the opportunity to talk to people for in our company that are around the world because we mm -hmm. have people represented um, in the UK and Europe and Australia and then back here in the U S and Canada. So it was kind of fun to be able to interact with those people at the same time, you know, putting together something that we're putting out for the entire company to be able for people to read, which yeah. I think is really cool. So, um, so with that, um, 
it feels like it was more than a month ago, but I know we just, I mean, I just chatted with you last month, but, um, on Facebook messenger, I sent you a message and I'm, um, and you know, I said, Hey, would you, you know, be a guest on my podcast? And you're like, sure. And so I sent you the, you know, I gave you the questions and, um, thank you for your answers, by the way, first off. Um, and I liked how you gave your motivations and your struggles. So, um, Let's kind of go, you know, into kind of that, you know, so what you gave me um, three things that motivate you. And I, I like all of these. Um, so I don't know if you have that in front of you or not. Um, and if you don't, I can read them. I off, right? do not tell me what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so what I your... struggled with and motivated me. <laughs> so one of the motivations you said is a true desire to make the world a better, kinder or more just place. I'm really guided by the notion of the most important commandments described by Jesus in the New Testament. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Holding, holding myself to that gold standard helps guide my choices and keeps me going when the going gets tough. Yeah, so I think for as long as I can remember, that has been something that has motivated me is like how how to make the world a better place. And in thinking of that framework for that, as I grew up in the Christian tradition and have continued in that in my adulthood and continued studying the Christian tradition in my adulthood, like boiling down, like what that really means to me beyond dogma or beyond um, liturgy or beyond other spiritual practices. And for me, it's, I feel really deeply called to love God and to love others. And it's important for me in whatever I do that, that I'm doing that, that I'm, that I'm holding myself to that standard and that um, proactively working to, to, to improve others' lives. And I think that's the main compass or motivator that guides me to make the choices I make, that guides me to interact with people in the way I do. And that like helps me through challenging times when I encounter them. Great. Um, so next one you said was a desire to live a creative life. I've been a creator maker since I was a kid and I declared I was going to be a published author when I was in third grade. That's been another guiding point for me that that dream hasn't shifted much. And I have a passion for writing and making art that motivates me. Um, thanks for reminding me of this, John. I appreciate Oh, you're fine. Um, <laughs> um, I, when I was in third grade, I wrote a story that I showed to my teacher and I had a, a twist at the end, a plot twist. And when my teacher read my story, I I think I was writing it after school and so I I'd, I'd handed it to her and I happened to be the only student there and so she read it and when my teacher hit the plot twist she was so surprised by it I mean whether she really was or not I don't know but she was so surprised by it that I knew at that moment I needed to be a writer and I just loved being able to um I mean, maybe it was about having power, but I think it was like having that kind of impact to have like a story that I told matter or change someone or surprise someone. And I knew as I was growing up that like 
that desire to be a writer might change. What you want to do in third grade is not always what you end up doing. But for whatever reason, uh, that stuck with me. That that was something I wanted to be, and I continued to want to do that. And so it's really important to me to pursue an artistic life and to incorporate creativity into my world and to keep that just like alive in me. And it's not always easy. But I feel like especially yeah. during the pandemic, my creative well has been pretty dry. And I've really been struggling these days with, you know, I have writing that I do for work and I have writing that I do kind of as my personal art mm -hmm. and the personal art side has been a challenge and it's been hard to know what kind of art I want to be making right now. I used to make really serious stories that were like literary fiction is just all sad. <laughs> all of my <laughs> stories are sad and I think I kind of want to do something different. And so I'm exploring now like what that change means or what that's gonna look like in the future but I still like I have to be creative and that's like one of the gifts that God has given me and I think has given all of us is, yeah. is the spark of creativity and I just want to continue to pursue that and to make that a part of my everyday life because it just makes me whole yeah I agree with you on the pandemic. I, you know, I would say, I mean, the last before this January, well, technically right after Christmas, but the true season of a, you know, of my podcast, I hadn't recorded since October of 21. And I think it was because there was so much negativity and I was going through so much negativity with my last job that it was hard for me to sit there and have, you know, be authentic and real with my podcast when I'm supposed to be talking about positive motivation and self-improvement. It's like, well, how can I do that if I'm not motivated right now Correct. You know, for myself? And when I got this new job that I still pinch myself every day because we even had a, our CEO was, um, well, he's in our office cause we're, I'm in the corporate headquarters and he, said he's only been with the company 15 months, but he said, this is the best job I've ever had in my entire life. Everyone is happy. Everyone enjoys being here. We have a purpose because who I work for, we help. We are the world's largest renewable energy company. So um, we're, let me rephrase that. The world's largest independent renewable energy company. Um, been around over 40 years. We're globally, you know, it's just, Wanting to, they're really, really wanting to make a difference in the world. And I think that's really cool because, number one, I studied, actually, environmental studies in college. So it's kind of funny that it took how many years to get back to I didn't know to, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, well, let me tell you that see, the VP liked that, um, who I interviewed with. And he's awesome. Oh, my goodness. Everyone is awesome that I work with. My boss is awesome. My v, the VP, our president of our department is awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's just like when you're working for someone that actually wants to make a difference – it really inspired me to really get going back with my podcast. And then I, I made a real strong decision that this, you know, season it was going to be, I'm going to, you know, grab people that I know that have inspired me that I know inspire others because they're people that need to hear the message. And I mean, I started this podcast in the, you know, the start of the pandemic originally, and 
at that point, we were dealing with a very volatile president. Um, Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of negativity. There's a lot of families that got ruined and probably still to this day are getting ruined by the stuff that was said and done during that time. And um, for me, it just, I've always wanted to help people, you know, and that's part, you know, why I wanted to do this. That's why I can truly see, you know, longevity, even on the company that I'm working for. I mean, it's the most fun, inspiring environment that I've ever worked in and which I love because now it's inspiring me. And then I found out, which is going to be funny if he's still listening to my podcast, the VP said that after our interview, he went back and actually he went to my LinkedIn and went to my link of my podcast and listened because I mentioned I had a podcast and I was like, Oh, that's really cool. And and then of course, some of the folks on my team were like, wait, you have a podcast. You have a podcast. (laughs) I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, listen away. I don't have a problem. That's totally fine. I want the more, because they're great messages. Um, there are some yeah. things over my 200 and you know, something episodes that there are things that might offend people. But on the other, you know, y- you know this. You can't please everyone. You know, everyone, there are a lot of times people already have, a, you know, a preset decision on what they're going to think about something even before they've read it or even before they've watched it. You know, they've already made that decision. So, for me, I just found it funny because one of the last things I did in December was my sister and I did a podcast, you know, episode together. And it was funny because after the fact, she was like, oh, that was really fun. I wouldn't do that again. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I've had this podcast since like 2020, right? Um, but that's okay. Um, yeah, it just was funny because she was like, oh, yeah. And so she doesn't know this yet, but she may now know uh, we're going to, I'm definitely going to pull her back in because uh, we had a fun time because it's, we have a great relationship, you know, it's, you know, it's my only sibling, you know, and we've had, you know, a really close connection um, more. So once I went to college, not so much when we were growing up, but definitely once I went to college and ever since then, we try to talk, you know, as much as we can. And, and um, you know, it's just a fun it's a great relationship. And it, the good thing is, you know, with the two of us, we still, you know, have our mom. Cause, um, I don't know if you remember, like my dad passed, you know, in April of 2020. So right after the pandemic started. So it's nice to still have that core that we have. Yeah. And so, and supposedly, I don't know if this is true or not, um, because we haven't finalized it yet, but we are finally going to take care of the final resting place for my dad. So, Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. It's taken a while, but, you know, of course. it's just been chaotic. And I think now we're all in a much better place than we yes. were back then. So, um, Yeah, and it takes time to make those kinds of decisions, I think. Yeah, very much so. I feel good about them, yeah. So one of the last things you talked about on motivations, getting back to the topic at hand, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, was making good use of the good hi can't read making good Mm -hmm. use of the gifts i have one of those is creativity which um but another is teaching and you which you talked about Mm -hmm. which another is teaching and leading i'm motivated by the impact i know i can have on others and by a desire to use my talents well and with justice and kindness i used to be an adjunct professor and a community educator regarding lgbtq cultural competency and just the feedback I got about the difference I was making in people's lives helped me keep going. Yeah. So 
you know, when I think about the gifts I feel given on this on this time on the earthly plane, um, for me, I, I imagine them as coming from God and other people might imagine their gifts coming from other places, but like creativity is one of them and, and teaching and leading are those gifts as well. And I used teaching and leading a lot throughout my life, um, whether it was leading the faith formation group, which brought me a lot of joy and felt like a true use of my gifts mm-hmm. or teaching as a professor or acting as a community leader in LGBTQ movements in the South. Like I've, I've done that throughout my life and career. And it's been interesting the last few years, um, I got really burned out in the activist scene in South Carolina and, and also really jaded by academia. I have stepped, I've deeply stepped back from being on the front line of, of that kind of work. And I feel like COVID has also kind of just softened or like tamped down my experiences of working with others in leadership right now. Um, And so there's, there's a little bit of a fallow place in my life right now as I try to figure out how to continue working in that space of teaching and leading and using those gifts that God has given me. And I, you know, I have a therapist and I have a spiritual director and I talk with them frequently about this. And, you know, I think as we look at, motivation and and how to move forward through challenging times i think there are times when we when we winter and when we hibernate and when we uh cultivate in new ways or when we go through like low periods in certain areas of our life and right now it's a big transitional period for me i moved from colorado to virginia um a year and a half or so ago I've recently moved in with my partner. I've become a step parent. Like so many changes have been happening. I know. Um, And they're all exciting and good, but change is hard. And I notice as I kind of navigate my feelings around all these big changes that under, under some of the, the big challenging feelings that I'm having is this, this other part of me that's not getting fully utilized or loved on right now, which is the leader and the teacher and so um, I'm looking forward to finding ways to get back into that because it really matters to me. And there's like an impact, even if I don't see it, I know it's out there based on the way that I move through the world or interact with people. A couple, a couple of weeks ago, I got a message on LinkedIn from one of my former students from nice. 2012. And uh, so it's been more than 10 years now. And it was one of the most unlikely quarters that this note could have come from. I taught in the Women's and Gender Studies program at University of South Carolina, and I taught a class on intersectionality. And this um, cisgender white male student, uh, he, he talked about himself in that way. And the message reached out and just said, thank you so much for that class. I think about it every day, especially as we navigate the challenges of like changing culture and world and understanding of diverse identities. If I hadn't taken that class, I wouldn't be able to be the kind of champion for equal rights that I am now. And uh, it was just really moving and incredible to get that from the student who was in this like lecture hall class from 2012. And when I told my partner about it, my partner Noel was like, I think that's a nudge from God to go back to teaching in some way, because you've been thinking about it for a long time. 
And then yeah. you get a note like this. And so, you know, I know that teaching, like you, even if you don't get the note from the student years later, if you do it well, you have an impact on people um, or you lay the seeds for things to change or for things to grow in them. And so, um, yeah, I want to use my gifts well while I'm here. And, you know, I can't do everything all the time that my gifts call me to, but I, yeah, as part of be being fully human, I am fulfilled. I, I want to live into those gifts that I'm given and, and use them to make the world a better place. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, it's funny because I remember having a conversation with uh, my old swim coach that I had swam with for years, um, who I don't remember how long it's been now, but they had transitioned. They're now a trans woman. And it was just, at first I was like, wow, really? Um, because I didn't, I, I couldn't picture that transition, but yeah. them as a person was one of the most motivating people I've ever been in my entire life. And they definitely motivated a lot of people because um, she had coached three different Olympians in swimming. Wow. And so I think three, maybe four. I don't, I definitely know three off the top of my head. Um, two that I swam with personally, um, cause on the team at the time. And I, I, you know, I told her, I said, you were so inspiring. And I wanted to do, um, I actually asked her to do, um, this podcast, but unfortunately, there are times when you're up there a little bit in age and you don't have all the technology that we all have. And unfortunately, uh, um, we can't do access this. Is limited. Yeah. The mm -hmm. access is just yeah. not there. And I'm like, Ugh. um, so maybe possibly stay tuned, stay tuned followers. I might, if I'm in Kansas city, have a chance to be able to meet. Oh, that would be amazing. Because she's so inspiring. It just still blows my mind. And I, what I love now is that she's so into, all of the different groups, you know, that we were wanting, you know, possibly maybe our parents to be a part of, you know, like, you know, or, you know, friends and family, whatever to be a part of. And now because she's seen how impactful it is, she's joining in. And I think that's really yeah. cool. And, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't have been the swimmer I was if it wasn't for her yeah. and to have that motivation to know that even when I went to college, I'll admit, I tried to cheat and take beginner swimming. Um, guess what? It doesn't work when you've been Did a four. Yeah, I tried to. No. But they said, and I'm like, but I was a four-year letterman in high school. I was, I swam, you know, since I was nine, competitively, eight, since I was competitively, you know, going, nope, you're in advanced swimming. Um, but it was cool because, because of what she had taught me, I was able to create my own workouts. I knew how to do how, what I need to do with my body to get myself ready for a race. Yeah. Because even years later, I participated in um, what they call a corporate challenge in Kansas city. It's um, corporations getting together, doing a bunch of different sporting events. And I participated in the swimming, of course, because the company I was working for at the time was like, Oh, you're a swimmer. Hey, you can do it. You can do this. And the first year they put me, I feel like in every event known to man. And but because of my knowledge of how to train myself, I was able, and from her expertise, I swam, my gosh, so I was in my late 30s when I did that. I swam, the first race I did, I swam as fast, my first, like, 
50 split was as fast as I had done it when I was 18 years old. Wow. 20 years later. Yeah. And not in the shape that I was in back yeah. then. And yeah. so it's like, how did I do that? Oh, yeah. That's from Pete. Pete taught me that. For sure. And now yeah. um, Veronica. So I was like, yeah. okay, that's amazing. You know, yeah. because of that will and that drive. But, you know, um, some of the other things you talked about, and you kind of um, hinted on this a little bit, were things that you struggle with as well. And I think that's good that we we can't, I mean, we can always try to be motivated and we always can try to stay motivated. Uh, like I just said earlier, you know, I couldn't even do this podcast because I wasn't motivated to keep going, you yeah. know, to do it. And yeah. um, for me, I think it's, I think we're, you know, we're human. We're real. We're going to have our struggles. And I yeah. think um, especially, you know, one of the things you talked about um, was that um, you struggle with depression and anxiety, which can get in the way of living to your full and true self, which you kind mm -hmm. of just, you know, went it over a little bit, as well as you said, you know, you're an introvert and, and as I try to serve others in the world, I can get zapped and I'm still trying to find that balance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then one thing I think it's interesting, and this is, you know, this happens a lot, um, but um, you kept my inner critic. You said, I kept my inner critic at bay for a long time, but especially in my creative world, that critic had, has been really loud recently. So it's hard. It's, it's hard to fight against that and keep making Add the pandemic to that. My creative well feels tapped out sometimes and I don't always know how to fill it. Yeah. So I think, you know, I know you, uh, you kind of shepherd this podcast through production right now. And I've, I've followed you on social media too. And I know that, uh, you're, you're really focusing on how people connect with motivation and how to move people forward and how to get through hard times. And I think that's different from the conversations we're having right now about toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of what we get in social media land and the world is this idea that like, you just have to be positive or, um, uh, you know, I don't know, it feels like ignoring the bad stuff, but like the bad stuff is also part of being human and the bad stuff teaches us things that we grow from, but it doesn't mean it's easy to get through. So like I mentioned earlier that I got burned out in doing advocacy work and uh, it was really hard doing that full time in the South. First, I worked in sexual and domestic violence prevention and intervention um, or intimate partner violence uh, uh, prevention and intervention. And then I worked in LGBTQ advocacy. That was in like 2013 to 2015 or 16. And that was a challenging time. And it's so interesting now because it continues to be a challenging time. I have friends who are still frontline advocates and activists. And it's just so easy to to run yourself dry in those mm -hmm. situations. And especially as an introvert, I would do trainings all day long and then would go home and would try to have a social life, would try to do whatever. And I was just like, I was just burning myself out everywhere. And so I got really depressed and eventually I tried all kinds of ways to change my situation and everything I tried, it didn't seem like it worked. And when I was at a really low point, a friend convinced me, well, I, I had the idea to, I, I missed traveling a lot and I had the idea to sell all my stuff and go travel. And 
instead of my friend telling me that, that was bonkers and I needed to stay here and fight the good fight, my friend was like, no, do it. Like, that sounds great. It's like the most hopeful I've heard you in like in months. And so um, I think if they, if he hadn't encouraged me to do that, then I, uh, it, I don't know. I don't know what would have happened. So I, I did and I made a change and I had, I was fortunate enough to be in a space to be able to do that. And I wasn't, you know, I didn't have, very particular financial obligations or familial obligations or things like that. And, you know, I, I left the country for about a year and a half and started over in a way um, and learned a lot about myself and learned how to navigate those things. But the, the interesting thing is, is, you know, I came back from that in 2018 and I was like, brand new Alexis got this going on. I figured it out. I left depression behind, like all this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, I think, I think I developed new skills and new coping practices and greater resiliency, but, um, you know, I've had experiences in the past couple of years in particular where like, oh, oh, oh no, this feels like depression. Like I, uh oh, like I don't want that to happen again. Like I don't want to go down that road again, but depression's sneaky, especially during the middle of a pandemic. And, mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, I feel, you know, I want to, I want to acknowledge that, you know, I think I wanted my story to be this kind of linear route, right? Where like, I did it, I leveled up, you know, I've beaten, I've beaten the beast, right? Like I beat, had the big boss battle and I won. <laughs> um, but then, you know, it's like the princess is in another castle and it's not the big boss and the, you know, the boss keeps coming back like in Mario Bros. So, um, so I think for me, it's learning to continue to walk that journey and learning to be gentle with myself, especially during these weird pandemic times and learning to take the time I need as an introvert or creative person and learning how and where to fill my own well. And, you know, that's changing as I'm becoming a step parent and my relationships are changing and that kind of thing. The well looks different uh, and the water looks different. Um, so it just feels like, you know, it's... Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's it's learning to appreciate that cycles occur and and learning to be kind to myself in that process and to know that the 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 game's not over but the the journey is still a good one um, even when it's a challenging challenging journey sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Well, alrighty. Well, that's all I have today. Yeah. Um, I want to give a huge thanks, Alexis, for you joining me today. Um, I am sure, my friends, you were inspired as much as I was. And I'm sure people want to know where they can find you on social media. So where can they find you? Sure. My website is alexisstratton.com. And then I am on Instagram, Twitter, um, and yeah, I think those are the main sp spaces I'm on. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. You can look up my name to be able to find me that way. Awesome. Well, thank you, my friends, so much for joining me today. And I hope yeah, you enjoyed you. this. Um, I did. Awesome. Well, my friends, you can find me as well on the socials on, at JBMotivate5280. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Um, and with that, I will see you next week for an ep another episode of JB Motivating from the 5280.